0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Masala Zindabad, the podcast that ought to have been a book. Today's episode is part two of our discussion of iconic female characters in Hindi cinema with blogger Ira of Old as Gold.
1: This whole idea of women who do more than wash their husband's feet and drink the water. I mean, it's not it's not new to have Bollywood heroines who do more than that. I mean, one of the earliest examples is Fearless Nadia,
2: I tried watching Fearless Nadia. I like the concept. I like the idea of a woman manhandling men and, you know, disheaming people and all that. But those movies are really hard to watch. There are a couple of them around on the internet and they just don't have any coherent story or anything. But I like the stunts. They're pretty good. It's just nice to watch a woman do that stuff and do it so well.
1: I'm not entirely sure whether or not the Indian public at that time knew that she was Australian instead of Indian. Beth, you are reading her biography, aren't you?
0: Yeah, the biography by Dorothy Unner who's a German filmmaker. I'm not finished with the book yet, and I'm trying to remember if she's spoken about that directly. She does talk about how the characters that Nadia plays are always presented as Indian and have... I was fascinated by this. They very often have what I think of as the very 70s Desai kind of separated from parents. She has a twin, you know, that kind of stuff that that is found in these films of the 30s and I believe that she is drawing a connection between that and Parsi theater which is you know that's a whole other topic in itself but is really interesting so that kind of masala e huge coincidences and that kind of stuff seems to be a big part of some of her of the stories that she's in so she has this pretty typically Indian cinematic or popular cinematic setup for her characters and I think it sounds like that the filmmakers were well aware how effectively that would establish her as Indian. It doesn't seem to be commented on in the films that she's blonde and like twice as big as most Indian women. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently she doesn't speak in the films very often because her ability to speak Hindi is, is awful. They tried to have her speak as little as possible. <laughs> Which is one reason she's so great (laughs) at the stunt films because she can can stride around and throw men around and swashbuckle and she dances a little bit because she was a she has a dance background before she came into films and sort of circus stuff and. You know, she can do all that. And that she doesn't have a romance, usually. That there's a guy, there's a man who is sort of her, almost her sidekick, like her companion, but he's not nearly as important as she is. And that they have kind of an affectionate relationship, but that the romantic arc that we're so accustomed to seeing in most masala films or popular films of any kind isn't there.
1: But is he Indian? Because these were movies that were
2: made in the...
0: Yes, I think so.
2: I think he it's is. John it's John Kavas and yeah at least he looks Indian though that name doesn't sound very Indian to me but maybe he's an Anglo-Indian or something
0: yeah, I, don't, I haven't read about him. Yeah,
1: you know, if this was in the 1930s and 1940s, wasn't it? These, yeah. So this yeah. was before independence. I don't think the English census would have been too happy to have an, um, a white woman romancing her brown sidekick. So there's probably that element as well in there somewhere. But, you know, this whole idea of a woman with a whip who can do stuff, it sounds like Katrina Kaif in Upside Down World. But it just proved so iconic that, you know, KSR Das actually refers to an entire section of cinema as fearless Nadia's. He says, you know, yeah, he he, that he just uses fearless Nadia as a term that indicates a particular kind of cinema. I mean, she's not just that character. She is... An entire style of filmmaking at that point by the 1970s, which is when he's making his movies, the 1960s, 1970s, which to me is fascinating.
0: One of the things that is interesting to me in the book uh, and just thinking about her generally is whether being white made it harder for her to do these things in cinema or made it easier for her to do these things in cinema and whether taking on the structure of what it means to be an Indian heroine whether she could just sort of disregard it and slip out of it easily because she is foreign or whether she had even more difficulty in kind of incorporating that into I think at this point it's suggesting that it's actually harder for her but it seems to me like they've just she and the people who made the films that she's in threw it off completely you know they just said F that <laughs> <laughs> you know did stunt films
2: i don't know how it works out in the movie making but i think it was more acceptable to her audiences that she was white so yeah, that, that makes good. it fine that okay it's she's not really an indian woman even though she's pretending to be one so right. she can do things which no bhartya would ever think of doing you know actually slap a man or something no yeah. way that's totally <laughs> out for a bhartya <laughs>
1: Talking of which, you know, about Bharatiya Naris who ought to have slapped the people around them, let us talk about Choti Bahu, the most famous portrayal of the classic Indian woman ever, I think, by Meena Kumari in the movie sahib bivi Aur gulam now beth you've seen this movie and you were not impressed
0: no i wasn't i mean it's a beautiful film and it was much more sort of textured than i thought it would be i was expecting just moaning and groaning about about the <laughs> suffering of the woman and everything but it, it's actually a more complicated film than that especially because of the side plot with wahida reman's character whom i really like um, but I just could not get on board with the sort of thought system that the film sets up. So you have to, and, and it's a novel originally, right? So I guess I should credit, put that idea back on the, the source material. But the idea that Chotiba, who lives by, is that the only purpose of a woman is to love her husband. And that if she cannot be a part of that system of loving your, of her husband, there is no reason for her to live. And her own values and her own life have no, there is no such thing. You know, and so in the film, she overrides her own values to try to be a part of her husband's life. And her husband is a lout who's always out of the house drinking and whoring it up. And she decides that the only way she can possibly relate to him or participate in his life is to drink. And so, of course, she instantly becomes an alcoholic. <laughs> but she, you know, she subsumes all of her own value to to what she gathers that he values. And of course, in the long run, even that is not enough for her to matter to him. Or to be anything to him. But that doesn't seem to matter to her. I don't know. She only sees herself in relation to him. And interestingly, other people in the film do not see her that way. I think we would have to say. And I don't want to talk about the ending. Because I didn't I didn't know that that was how that story ended. And I was horrified. Um, so I guess... I don't know. Can we talk about spoilers for film that's 60 years old or 50 years old? I don't know. But I just like, I think we all time. know how
2: it ends. So
0: that yeah, it well, should I mean, be perfectly but not, only, not only does she die, it's an honor killing. And that I knew she yeah. would die, but I thought she would die alcoholic and alone. And she dies alcoholic and not exactly alone. And she dies because the the father head of the family that she's married into sees her leaving the house with a lower class, um, nah. although high uh-huh. caste, I think a big point is made of Guru Dutt's character's cast, but a lower class man. And he has her killed. And it's the moment she leaves the house that her life is really most endangered. And I just, I, I had no idea an honor killing was coming and it was just a punch in the gut. To me,
1: that's what's really interesting about Choti Bahu as an iconic female character in Hindi film in that, i think the intention of the movie and the the source material which i haven't read the book on which it was uh, the novel on which it's based but going by the movie itself i think the intention of the entire story is the strong indictment of a certain kind of society and what it does to the people in it mm. it basically castrates a man yeah. i mean that's it's kind of like a you know it's like a cultural castration that's going on because they're um, they're stupid they're idle they don't do anything they're basically empty husks of men there's very little about them that suggests any kind of humanity whatsoever and they have no purpose and they have they have no ideas And all they have is this giant tomb in which they all live and they all die. And the women in that movie and in that house are even worse off. And that that final scene where they find her bones buried under the courtyard or under the the living room or whatever it was that they excavated, like basically under the old Haveli. I thought that was symbolic of what happened to women like Choti Bahu, you know, of her class and of her, I mean, this was a woman who clearly had a great deal to offer, who didn't want much out of life. You know, she just wanted to be an ordinary wife and mother. That's all she wanted. And the fact that she was so consumed by the fact that she couldn't have these very ordinary things that the most common of women outside that palace could achieve, and that she was so consumed with it that she drove herself to degradation, as the movie sees it, by basically trying to reinvent herself as the whore rather than the wife you know and as you said it's horrifying the ending at the beginning of the movie she is sort of metaphorically buried alive in that mansion with nothing to do other than to try on her jewels as her husband tells her to do and at the end of the movie she has been literally buried alive under that and the only
0: way you know who she is is the jewelry it's
1: so amazingly horrifying. I remember seeing this as a teenager and it made such an impact upon me because it was just the most tragic, horrifying thing I had ever seen. As a woman, when you see, when you see that movie, it's just I live a completely different life from that and I was brought up in a very different way and I would react in very different ways from what Choti Bahu chose to do but it was such an emotional experience to watch that movie but what was even more stupefying when I grew up was that the way people remember that performance and how great it was is to kind of divorce that entire aspect of the movie from it I mean they do this thing I don't know how they do it but seldom have I ever heard that role discussed in terms of just how terrible that kind of existence can be for a woman, how wrong it was, or how women are human beings as well and who need other things and who aspire to greater things than to be pretty little yeah, dolls. Yeah, I don't know how people do that. Everyone talks about how beautiful Meena Kumari looked in that role, <laughs> which to me completely defeats the purpose of that movie. Although that
0: is kind of the end lesson also, that she is nothing more than jewelry. And so to remember that she's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, that that is supposed to be a tragedy. That's, That's supposed great... to be, you know... How horrible that she's so beautiful, and that's the only thing that's yeah. of any and worth. And even her about husband her.
0: does not see how beautiful she is. You know, she's beautiful for nothing, okay. which is just, you know, she has no, she has no uh, friends inside the the house. When you were talking about the Indian television soaps, I was thinking of the the household in this film because the other women of the house hate her, and she she doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have much use for them either. But there's no, I mean, there's nothing. She has nothing. And it's so heartbreaking.
2: Well, there's there's another aspect to that whole thing, you know, uh, in Indian culture. And if you've seen enough movies, you'll kind of get it that a woman should adjust to her husband, not the other Mm -hmm. way around. There shouldn't Mm -hmm. be any like, he doesn't have to change anything. She is the one who should change herself to become like him or, you know, to adjust herself to his likes and dislikes. And, you know, I like to think that this movie is kind of a caution against that, that she does adjust to his likes and dislikes and, you know, where it gets her. Thing. But and, but <laughs> if I recall
0: correctly, it's not the reason she is actually, I mean killed she's dying anyway obviously the the sort of rot of the alcoholism right but the the reason she is killed <laughs> has nothing to do with him it's she's leaving to go to the temple with Guru Dutt's character and that if is I, what that is what sets off the, the thing to actually kill her
2: the original ending was it was they were supposed to imply that there was some kind of affair between her and the Guru gurudat character oh i think so too and but she, there's
0: clearly not yeah
2: yeah, and she dies with her head in his lap or something like that, if I remember. The original ending was shot like that and then they changed it over.
0: Her husband is so absent from her life that he doesn't even have anything to do with her death. Yeah. That's how empty it all is. And, of course, <laughs> there's no child. You know, that would have made a completely different story. But he, he won't even sleep with her. So he is determined <laughs> not to give her the one thing that everybody would want from her.
1: Okay, so um on the opposite side of the scale is um, Sujatha which is basically the classic damsel in distress story except adapted to Indian standards where she's actually an untouchable girl. What I love about Sujatha which is incidentally my mother's favorite movie is that they make the point about the utter silliness of the caste divide by resting Sujatha's identity as an untouchable on the fact that she was found on the wrong side of the tracks. Like she literally could have been placed like a little way up the tracks and she would have been a high caste girl and everything would have been fine. You know, she would still have been an orphan, but everyone would have assumed that she was a high caste orphan. And then, of course, there's Sunil Dutt, who writes in as her knight in shining armor and just completely screws over her life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Things magic work out for them. Have either of you seen that movie? I have seen it and I don't think it was an assumption that she's a lower caste. Some people from the village bring her over and they know that her parents died in a cholera epidemic and they know who she is. is So she is a lower caste person and then that's why they have Nutan in a black face to show that she really is an untouchable because of course they're dark skinned. (laughs) So the whole point was, I thought the irony was like they couch her identity as a lower caste person, but they give her an upper class upbringing because she's brought up in this Brahmin household. So she's part of it and yet she's not part of it. They just show that you can have attachment because the whole family is very attached to her. They all think of her as part of the family, even the mother who keeps saying, okay, she is like my daughter, not my daughter. And Mm. she is part of this upper class family and she has integrated into it and everybody accepts that. And yet there is still this caste divide because you don't think two castes can mix when they clearly do. Right. Though of course she is still the damsel in distress, which brings us back to the ideal partenari. that she does need a man to
1: rescue her and he does rescue her. And she keeps telling him to go marry her cousin whom he doesn't want. It's like family reunions would be so much fun, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, oh yeah, here's my wife and his and her sister whom I totally want to bang and uh, now we're all sitting around the table and eating dinner. Hooray! <laughs>
2: No one doesn't really care for him either. Right. He pretty much sees what's going on in front of her and she encourages it and she doesn't mind. Obviously.
1: I mean, can you imagine there's like some guy who really likes your sister and your sister's like, no, 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 why didn't you marry her? And you're like, well, thanks for the idea, sis. (laughs) And the guy's like looking at you like you're like the second coming of the plague. And then,
2: you know, you're just
1: thinking... Well, that's a happy marriage waiting to happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but that that seems to happen a lot in Hindi films, right? Nutan herself does it in another big hit of hers, Saraswati Chandra, where she plays this widow oh, yeah. character who will not marry marry another guy. There's only one guy in this world, even if she hated him and he's now thankfully dead. But she gets married (laughs) off to her sister and I can see she wants to be considered the martyr in the whole family, but I wonder what her sister thinks about being married off to her her own sister's ex-boyfriend. You know with all
1: the violence they show in Hindi movies with like people just slapping each other like completely out of the blue just for fun, I keep wondering how come they never slap people when they need it? Exactly. <laughs> now, like you know, if I had a sister and she was trying to pass her rejects over onto me, I would like totally slap her <laughs> in the face and be
0: like, how dare you? next up in our series on iconic female characters in hindi cinema mother india and sita or thank you for listening